Hello, this is Gary Hutchins, minister with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska, and we welcome you to Search the Scriptures. We appreciate you tuning in to Search the Scriptures. We hope that you are doing so every day at this time. And we hope that you are being motivated, at least greatly, because you are realizing that you're actually learning the Bible on this radio program. We strive to do exactly as the name Search the Scriptures suggests. We get into God's Word, we dig beneath the surface, look at it in depth and in detail, and yet we strive to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your personal life. We want you to do more, though, than just listen to a radio program. We'd love to send you a free Bible study through the regular mail. We send it all over this area and across the country, literally. And when we say free, we mean exactly that. We'll even pay the postage both ways. Why don't you have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready? We'll give you all of the information how you can receive that free Bible study at the end of the program today. We'd also love to have you come and worship with us and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. If you want to find a church that teaches the Bible, we want to encourage you to come and worship and study with us. Now, you're not going to find a band. You're not going to find a theatrical production. You're going to find a church that simply strives to be that church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. We'll give you the times of our services and the address of our church building at the end of the program today. We hope to see you soon. It's good to be back again with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. Always a pleasure to be here with you on the program and, again, to welcome our listening audience and look forward to spending time together in the Bible, studying more deeply about what God has to say for us. And we are studying deeply in this particular series of uh, studies on Christ. And uh, I appreciate uh, studying with Dennis. He is an excellent student of God's Word, and I don't say that uh, very lightly. Well, thank you, Gary. That's most appreciated. Well, it's true. Dennis, we have been studying about Christ. We have noted over the last couple of programs that this is a time when a lot of people are thinking about their spiritual souls, their spiritual lives, their relationship with God, their relationship with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right. And something that's always appropriate for us to do, Gary, is think very seriously about How do we stand before God? Will our eternity be marked by joy and bliss and reward? Or will it be marked by just the opposite of that? Punishment and torment, fearfulness. And those are the only two alternatives, aren't they? They are. The only two we read about in Scripture. That's correct. And we make the choice ourselves. We do. By the way that we live our lives. Now, God sent Christ to be our Savior, and it's up to us to either believe that or disbelieve it. God leaves the choice up to us, but he also lays the consequences before us. That's right. And we need to recognize those potential consequences if we make a choice to say, I don't believe, Mm. or I'm not, you know, some people just don't even believe in God. Right. Well, again, that's their choice. Mm-hmm. but denying the truth does not make it not true. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, uh, maybe in a rather 
simple way you could kind of relate it to speed laws that exist on our highways. And uh, we might be driving our vehicle one day and be exceeding the posted speed limit, get stopped by an officer and say, well, I, I just didn't realize it. I didn't see the sign. I didn't know the speed limit was 35 and I was going 50. Well, again, as you say, that does not negate the truth that the speed limit there was 35. That's correct. That is that is correct. And you know, how often do we try to plead either ignorance or we try to reason our way out of the truth when that's rather absurd, you know, to stop and think about it. And I know we can say, well, I didn't know that. We can plead ignorance. But again, our ignorance does not change the truth from being true. That's right. And in Acts chapter 17, you know, it tells us that God no longer accepts ignorance as an excuse for disobedience. That's right. He goes on and says he now expects all men everywhere to repent. That's correct. And so we need to recognize our relationship with our God and with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Dennis, we have been talking about, and we've really gotten into some pretty pretty good depth in this particular study, talking about Christ being God. Mm -hmm. Now, being God the Son. Mm -hmm. And we've said that a lot of people may have some difficulty getting their, their minds wrapped around that fully. Uh, I do, for one. <laughs> That's right. It's difficult for me, you know. Yes. And yet I can understand that, that while they are three separate personalities, they're still one God. Yes. Now, I, I've heard the illustration. I've used it many times. You look at an egg and you've got the, you look at an egg, you look at that shell on the outside and you say, that's an egg. Mm-hmm. Then you break the egg, you throw the shell away and you you put it in a pan and you've got maybe the white and the yolk and you say, that's an egg. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the same time, you uh, you may separate the yolk from the egg and and you still got the egg, so that's an egg. Mm-hmm. Well, I can understand that. Three different perspectives of that. I know that pales by comparison, though, with what we're talking about, but at least it's an illustration that might help us get some concept of, of the, the principle that we're trying to understand. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, yet one God. Yes, and, and I think also what comes into play here for us, Gary, is the fact that our faith has to play a part in this. By faith, we believe what God has told us in his word, that he is indeed these three personalities while being one. Yes, yes. Now, what we're really trying to zero in on here is that Christ is our Savior, and we need to recognize that fact, and we need to act accordingly to what that fact means. Yes, because, excuse me, it does have eternal consequences. It certainly does, and that's where a lot of people really have the difficulty. You know, there are lots of people who will say, yeah, I I do believe Mm -hmm. Jesus is God. I do believe Jesus is my Savior. I believe I need to turn to him as my Savior. But I'm not ready to do that. Yes. Yes. And how sad that is. Well, it is. Uh, You know, we often probably 
most of us have heard the phrase uh, probably used by those who are a little hesitant to make that commitment. Well, you know, one day I'm going to get this straightened out. Well, that one day may come when they're straightened out in their coffin. That's correct. And that may come a whole lot sooner than you think. That's you know, right. uh, Dennis, I've, and I've said this a number of times, you know, I, I know back some years ago, um, maybe it was different individuals, maybe it was the same individual, I don't, I don't know, but I know it was different occasions after I had spoken at funerals and said, uh, made statements like, I don't know how you always know what to say. Or maybe ask the question, how do you know what to say all the time? Mm-hmm. And my response was, I've preached too many funerals. Yes. And I've preached funerals for elderly people. And I've preached funerals for infants and everything in between. Yes. I've preached funerals for, for young adults in the prime of their life, we would say. Mm-hmm. So the point that you made is, is that I'm going to get it straightened out one day. Hmm. What if you don't have one day? That's right. None of us has a guarantee of tomorrow. That's correct. And we're responsible for now. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That's right. Now, that emphasizes the immediacy of the moment. It does for a fact. And so right now is all that we've got. Mm -hmm. We need to be paying attention to our spiritual lives and where we're at spiritually right now. That's correct. And then we need to take whatever steps we we ought to take, whatever steps would be appropriate for us to get our lives straightened out right now. Yes. If uh, If we don't happen to have tomorrow, and certainly we don't want to wish that on anyone, uh, we need to understand the immediacy of the moment. Yes, and certainly we don't want to start saying, well, you know, six months from now, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I've got this long-term goal. Six months from now, I'm going to try to be where I can start to pay a little more attention to my spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to start paying attention to it right now. Yes. Now, if you need to start studying God's Word, if you'll contact us, we'll send you a Bible study, or we can come and talk to you in person if that's what you would like. Mm-hmm. But you need to pay attention to your spiritual life now. Now yes. is what you've got. Now, Jesus Christ is our Savior. He is God the Son. He came to this world to fill that role as our Savior. We've been talking about, we've been looking at different passages of Scripture that identify him as being there not only at the creation, but as the creator. Yes, that's right took an active role in it. That's right. That might surprise a lot of people. Mm -hmm. They say, well, God did that. God created. Yeah, Jesus is God. That's right. Christ is God, God the Son. And he was there. A number of passages talk about that. Colossians 1 and verse 17, he is before all things. In Colossians 1, 16, he was there taking part of the creation. John 1, 1 through 5, nothing was made that was not made by him. That's right. Over and over again. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 7, and let's read the first three verses there. Okay. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. 
to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. Now, Melchizedek, of course, was a real man in the days of Abraham. Yes. But we have absolutely no record of his genealogy. That's correct. We don't know who his father was. We don't know when he died. We don't know when he was born. And now that's the figurative sense or the comparative sense, I think, in which the Hebrews writer is comparing Christ. Melchizedek, from our written record, had no beginning of days, no end of days. Mm-hmm. But he was a real man. He, he was born one day and he died one day. I think we can be confident of that. Yes. But in taking that physical illustration and making the ultimate spiritual application to Christ, Christ literally was without beginning and is without ending. Yes. Very literally. Yes. As we have read in the last program, even Gary, without beginning, without end, the alpha, the omega, the first and the last. Yes. Uh, eternal, eternal by nature. That's right. By his very nature. Now, we also, in the last program, we, we compared some of those descriptive identities that are ascribed to God with those ascribed to Christ. Yes. And they're virtually identical, aren't they? They are. They certainly are identical as far as the sense is concerned. Yes. In both cases, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last, you know, and statements like that, who is and was and is to be or is to come, you know, always will be. The sense is exactly the same, eternal by nature, and both of those speaking about God and Christ. Yes. Now, very important for us to recognize that, realize it, and accept it. Now, what about John, I'm sorry, First John, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2? That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That's speaking of Christ. Yes, it is. And the penman here was exactly the same apostle as wrote John 1 in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14 of that same first chapter of the gospel according to John, he identifies the word as being the Son of God. Yes. As being Christ. And so, again, very descriptive, but helping us to understand that Christ is eternal. He is God. When he was here, he was God on earth. And just as is God the Father, he is without beginning and without ending. Yes, eternal in nature always was, always will be, full deity. What about John chapter 14, verses 8 and 9? Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? 
How would you explain that particular passage? I think I would explain it by saying it doesn't get much clearer than how John <laughs> uh, John placed it for us here, Gary. Yeah. It's just, uh, to me, it's such, uh, such a crystal clear revelation on his part. If you want to see the Father, look at Jesus. You've yes. seen the Father. And, and, you know, I've... I had someone tell me one time, you know, they 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 raised the objection. Uh, I believe they were talking to me directly. He's just saying, or maybe I was listening to somebody speak in the radio. I, I'm not sure which, but he was making the point that Jesus is saying there, when you look at me, you're looking at someone who is so nearly like the Father that it's like seeing the Father. I don't think that gets the message across that's really expressed there as fully as it is expressed. No, I don't think so. Again, I think this is as clear as it can be. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes. Again, the oneness of God, the oneness, if you want to call it the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now let's turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. We uh, made reference a couple of times in previous programs in this study to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, where it talks about Christ being with God in heaven before time began from our human perspective and being, what was that word? Being equal with God. Equal with God. That's Mm -hmm. right there in the text, isn't it? It is. In verse 6 of Philippians chapter 2. And he basically absolved himself of that equality in becoming man so that he could come to this earth and fulfill the role of Savior that we needed him to be. Yes. Ultimately dying on the cross. Yes, that's right. But he was there with God in the beginning as God and equal with God. Mm. An amazing concept. Well, when you think about what that says in Philippians 2 and verse 6 and compare it with what we just read, you just read a moment ago in John 14, 8 8 and 9, Mm -hmm. uh, it really helps us understand John 14, 8 and 9 much more clearly, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Absolutely does. I don't think we're talking about a mere comparison of characters here. No, not at all. Now, let's go a little further here. Let's look at Colossians 2 and verse 9. Uh, Again, Paul here is talking about Christ. He said, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the fullness of the Godhead. You mean just as fully as God the Father? Just as fully. And God the Holy Spirit? Just as fully. Full deity, in other words. Yes. Full deity. Now, some believe that God the Father created God the Son somewhere along the way. No scripture evidence of that. In fact, all of these passages we're looking at indicate exactly the opposite. Yes, they do. He was always there. He was always with God, always as God. Mm-hmm. Full deity here. Mm-hmm. The fullness of the Godhead. Right. 
all the fullness. I like I like the fact that that little word all is in that particular verse. And sometimes we overlook the significance of that. Yes. When it tells us that all the fullness of the Godhead was dwelling in him in bodily form, that tells me that nothing was missing. Nothing was missing. Exactly. Nothing at all. Yes. Let's look at another reading here. Hebrews chapter 1 and verses 1 through 3. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, how does it describe him there? The express image? Yes, uh, Jesus is being described as the expressed image of his person, meaning God's person. Yes, the express image of God. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. And that is a word, or at least a form of it, that we find also in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, talking about faith as the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen. I believe it's the word that is translated substance, if I remember correctly, is uh, at, at least a form of that word goes between those two passages and, and helps us understand in, in Hebrews 1 and verse 11, express image. Mm-hmm. Yes. Express image of God. Yes. That is rather incredible to comprehend. Incredible and difficult at the same time. But uh, as we said earlier, that's where our faith needs to take hold. Yes, yes. Let's look at another passage. Again, very, uh, very pointed. And again, I think very clear. Romans chapter 9 and verse 5. Of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came who is overall the eternally blessed God. The eternally blessed God. Yes. No question that's talking about Christ. I see no question there at all. No No question whatsoever. Let's look at another one. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. 1 Timothy 3, verse 16. And without controversy... Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. God was manifested in the flesh. What does the word manifested mean, Dwayne? I mean, uh, Dennis? Well, it talks about coming into being, uh, seen, evidenced. Made apparent. Made apparent. Brought to light. That's you know, correct. Any mm-hmm. kind of descriptive phraseology like that. And, and so God was made apparent. He was made visible, we could say even. Yes. In the flesh. That's right. How'd that happen? That happened in Jesus Christ. Through the person of Jesus Christ. Yes. I, I think we ought to get the message here. Well, I think we should. (laughs) Over and over again, these different passages tell us that Christ is full deity. He is God 
Now, we need to recognize that all the claims that he made then to, as, as being our Savior are absolutely, positively unqualified, correct, and true. Yes, no question about it. We need to respond to him as our Savior. If you'd like to study these matters more fully, right from the Bible, in the privacy of your own home, then contact us and request that free Bible study that we talked about earlier. You can receive it simply by writing to us at Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. You can phone us at 402-498-8397. 402-498-8397. You can email us at sunnyslope, all one word, S-U-N-N-Y-S-L-O-P-E, at Church of Christ, again, all one word, sunnyslope at churchofchrist.com. You can visit us on the web at www.churchofchrist.com www.churchofchrist.com Click on the email link and you can make your request that way. And again, this study is absolutely free. We'll even pay the postage both ways. You can also receive a copy of today's lesson on CD also for free and again, we'll pay the postage. Now, we'd love to have you do more though than just listen to this program and even to receive that Bible study. We'd love to have you come and worship and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We'd love to meet you and get let you get to meet us and observe a church that is simply trying to be the church of the Bible, nothing more, nothing less, a church where you can really come and learn God's Word. Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 9.30, classes for virtually all ages, and all ages really do study the Bible followed by worship at 10.30 each Sunday morning. Sunday evening worship begins at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And right in the middle of the week, a good time to stop and get your spiritual batteries recharged in the midst of all the busyness of what we do every week, midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. You're always welcome to any and all of our regular services. We hope to see you soon. Until then, read your Bible. And may God guide you and bless you as you study his word.